The Articulate Coven is the original, unofficial podcast and fan community for Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice's Immortal Universe from AMC and AMC+. Welcome to The Articulate Coven. We are your hosts, Ashley Wright Eiler. I'm Joel Sharpton, and we are The Articulate Coven. Oh, Ashley, uh, first and foremost, I want to wish you a very happy anniversary. You and, oh, and thank you. Mr. Ashley, uh, yes. Brett Eiler, celebrated uh, 17 years of blissful marriage. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it's true. It's true. All the bliss. Um, yeah, we're, we're uh, 17 years in, so high fives. And we had some really great champagne. And we're going to go to New Orleans in a couple of weeks. So booyah. That's going to awesome. do it up that good and proper. Awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you, fine sir. I appreciate it. Uh, we are back to discuss the first season of AMC's and Anne Rice's Interview with a Vampire. Uh, we've been watching it on AMC Plus, but you've uh, also been able to watch it on cable. And uh, now, uh, hopefully, it'll start We're to all caught uh, trickle up. out. Yeah, everybody's all caught up. Uh, it's trickling out across the world. Uh, international markets are getting it, and, and there's a lot of buzz. All of the Basically, every outlet in the world got to interview all of the cast and the writers and everybody else this week. There's been a ton of press that's yeah. come out about it. As uh, it's clear, AMC is pleased with the response, and, and they've begun to pump money into the next phase of this thing. Says good things about season two, right, Ashley? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that has completely run through all your free articles and hit all the paywalls. I hit Variety's <laughs> paywall today, and I was so pissed. There was like three articles all together. Oh, I should get us a, a subscription. We're all going to have to sign up for trials like we did for right? AMC. See, this this is going to be the uh, the TV series that causes us all to to go into subscription overload because we're going to add like a couple of things here and a couple of things there. Um, first and foremost, before we get into our discussion of the season overall, we've got some great feedback from our Facebook group that I wanted to highlight as we kind of work through every episode individually. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to get to some season two speculation and just overall yeah. series speculation as we begin our preparation now for the Mayfair Witches coming in January of 23. Um, but before we get to that, we've got an announcement to make. Uh, Ashley, you and I are actually not done talking about interview with the vampire yet after this no. episode <laughs> no we are not we're gonna we're gonna do a little more talking about it <laughs> uh so we got i teased this actually if you follow us on twitter i mentioned a, a few weeks ago maybe perhaps something uh, interesting fell into my inbox on twitter and it did it did indeed fall into my uh, inbox uh and here's what it is we got asked if we would be interested to host a couple of discussion club discussions discussion club chats live streams on the dorian app i think we even mentioned dorian way back in the beginning of this show amc partnered with dorian for an official fan fiction community and opportunity you can actually go in and use elements that are created uh by the dorian team every they week they created such cool with, art right they, such and there's, and there's so like two different awesome. styles too there's a very realistic style and then there's a more cartoonish style you can choose from if you prefer but either way they've got these backgrounds and the character elements and character animations that go along with it and then it, in my parlance I, i've been calling this sort of like a webcomic builder you know like that's the way that i would think about this i've always yeah. had these 
I've often had really cool ideas. Oh, that would make like an interesting like three three panel webcomic or maybe even a longer story, an ongoing story. And I'm not an artist, so I've never even tried to do something like that. That's the Dorian so app cool gives you the opportunity this. to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you it just it gives you the opportunity to, you know, no matter what your skill level is, to kind of dabble and play in this world that we are all getting to have so much fun in again. And they're also going to have those same connections with the Mayfair Witches storyline coming in just a few months. So again, this is going to be an ongoing relationship with AMC, we think. Dorian reached out. They said, hey, we want to sort of highlight the discussion going on around the show. And not just that, but actually they've got some um, connected fan fiction official storylines that are going to continue in the off season. We're going to have the creator of that storyline involved in our first discussion. These are coming up next week, next Monday night, the 21st, and then November 28th. Those are our yes. two discussion clubs. There'll be two more following that, but the two we're hosting are going to be the 21st of November and the 28th of November. Uh, the link and the information is in the show notes right now for this episode, so you can go there. But we'll also be posting that to our social, uh, our Twitter and our Facebook over the next um, you know, week or so to get you ready for that. And if for any reason you can't be part of the live stream uh, on those Monday nights, we will have uh, an audio recap for you that will be right here. I'll just caution you, it's not going to be probably the same quality of audio that you're used to in our regular episodes because it is a live stream. We're right. not even positive 100% on how <laughs> we're capturing it currently. This is all kind of a trial and error it's a deal. It's new mystery for us. It's so much fun. Yeah, exactly. Adventure. But we, I will do my best to get that up for you uh, after the fact. So be aware. Uh, we'd love to have you join us, though. And the cool thing about joining us on the live streams, uh, Ashley, is that there'll be a chat function there. So you can literally join the conversation, give us feedback, yeah. and be part of the conversation as we, we do the, the actual discussion. In Our real first time, topic I is going to be right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Our first topic on the 21st is going to be adaptations and fan fiction uh, and, <laughs> and what our thoughts on both this adaptation from AMC of Interview with the Vampire, but also the way that Anne Rice and her fandom have connected with fan fiction in the past. We're going to talk about all of that. And then on the 28th, we're going to talk about toxic relationships. I don't know why that would be connected to this series, Ashley. I'm, <laughs> no I'm one knows. Loss. No one but knows. We'll do some my research rewatch and figure did nothing it out. to uh, to to knock that into my head. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. We're you know these are two topics where we have a lot of interest in, as far as especially this you know this world, this realm goes. And so we're really really excited. The people we've talked to from Dorian are fantastic and and really really fun. So it's I'm we're excited to have kind of a little partnership with them. That's uh, again. It's going to be the November twenty first and November twenty eighth at five p.m. Eastern. That will be uh, our live stream discussions on those evenings. Please come and join us. And we'll get info on the other episodes as well, so that you have that too, because they're all going to be really fun, and they're all. Well, I think one one might be about uh, female characters and representation of femme characters in this world, and um, and in other worlds that we enjoy escaping into. Um, so I think I think everyone is going to have a really great time. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check out the app, do it's really fun, really cool, uh, very user friendly, even for for my. Gen X ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I strongly agree. I was a little, uh, I was a little intimidated at first, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I want to make sure that, uh, if you're available, you come and join us for that. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into this thing, Ashley. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about 
as we've sat with it, we've read some of the coverage. Like you said, it's been in uh, especially Variety. There were a ton of things. Oh, Variety is what got me today. I read a great article today. I think it was like TV Insider. I linked that in the Facebook group too. There've been there's been so much good press, so much uh, good word from Rollin Jones and from the other uh, writers, as well as from Jacob and Sam, especially at the top. But also Assad has done a lot of press in the last week. Now finally he's been unleashed. Oh um, yes. What what are you thinking now? As we've sort of sat with it, we begin to digest this part one of Interview with the Vampire. I really really love the Armand casting. I've really like going back through and rewatching it. I'm all in on this. I am ready for it. He he's going to be a real pain in our asses and I'm excited to see it. Um I I went back through and watched and I was like really trying to pay attention to figure out if they had tricked us at any point. And I don't think they did. Even when Louis was feeding on him, he covers the marks so that uh Daniel can't see them disappear. <laughs> I didn't catch that him holding it or, and realizing, obviously not realizing why he was doing it at the time. So I didn't feel cheated by the reveal at all. And that was a big thing for me. If I could go back and felt robbed by, I felt like I'd been lied to. I wasn't going to have fun with it. Oh, I would strongly agree with that. And so far on my rewatch, I agree. I haven't been, there, there's nothing that I feel cheated by. I will say I'm only up to episode three in, in like my, I finished the season. I know it all now. I'd watched all the episodes at least twice. Most of them I've watched three times already before I begin this rewatch. But none of that was with the knowledge of the season finale, right? Right, and so now, right. yes, you're going back and looking for those inconsistencies. I think there are many questions remaining for things that happened in season one. Oh, but for there's sure. there's nothing that is proven to us or for certain a inconsistency or a or a, pl a plot hole so to speak yeah yeah they didn't leave any yeah they didn't leave any threads i mean they left tons of like questions out there but they they didn't leave any like they it's not a lie and that just that pisses me off it's why i don't like a uh, fight club i'm like that's a f anyway we don't have to get into that this is not a podcast about fight club ashley um <laughs> but i just really appreciate that it that it held true through the, in the storytelling um also how many fucking vampires work in that building all through that dinner i was starting to notice like we see uh Damick and he doesn't have he doesn't wear gloves he wears short sleeves everyone else that we see in in the house kind of has the long sleeve uniform with the mask but they are all wearing those gloves and i'm like "Ooh, are they hiding more vampire fingernails under there armand style or is it just to throw you off the fact that rashid is wearing gloves the whole time and the so whole time absolutely the staff does yeah, yeah it, well, we'll it, just... it, it's hard to tell that but i think that's the sort of thing Boy, there's so much. There's so much to get to in season two. Uh, knowing now it is going to be eight episodes, I wonder how in the world they're going to be judicious with their time and not make us feel like they're rushing this through, particularly if they end up doing what we've speculated a lot about, which is like combining parts of like the first half of the vampire Lestat with the last half of Interview with a Vampire and sort of telling both those stories at once. Uh, man, I don't know. There's so much to get to. There's so well, much to get to. Exactly, exactly. Especially as we go into what presumably and hopefully will be third and fourth seasons, which are going to be tackling whatever comes next. You know, oh, like the way they may, like, the way they might lay it out. There's definitely a few ways they could do it um, and not rush the storyline too much, um, but still keep it. You know, 
keep the keep the engine running if that makes sense boy i as busy as the press has been this week can you imagine how busy agents across hollywood and london and all of europe have been as they try to get their clients in front of these creators for those elder vampire roles as oh we my get into gosh. two and three. I mean, how many women have put their names up for Gabrielle and Akash right? this past week? Just no, just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I feel like that's clearly the direction we're going to Akasha. That I feel like that's, we're going to see that, we're going to experience that, we're going to see that in real time. That's going to be a real time experience. I don't think at this point that's in the past. I think that's definitely uh, what we're going to roll into. You know, I think fairly early on, someone mentioned Lena Headey as Gabrielle. Oh, and yeah. I, I think you and I even talked about, ah, Lena's probably too famous at this point to want to do that TV. But I got to tell you, based on the reception of this, if I was he Rollin, I'd go and I'd I'd say, hey, look, you're going to do one season. And then we're yeah. not going to have you back on again for it's three. It's not going to be like a slog for a while. You can come, you'll come back and do. It's going to be guest appearances. Mm -hmm. You know, a season or two down the road, we won't have you on again for a whole season ever again. We're going to pay you a boatload of money and we'll raise your profile again. You'll be super pop relevant. Oh, and also we're going to make you incredibly sexy and independent. And, you know, you're this 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 woman that even all the vampires are like, damn, that woman just does whatever she wants, doesn't she? <laughs> and then and then they have to be like, and there's a little it's a little incesty. She's like, what? Oh, yeah. And they're like, it's oh, a it's little just incesty. a little incesty. It's like, wait, you, excuse You get me. to make out with Sam on a fairly regular basis <laughs> this first season. What do you think? Bless. Uh, yeah, they they French kiss. You know, they're very French. <laughs> <laughs> they're very French. We, oui, um, oui. Anyway, I, here's the thing that occurred to me uh, as I began this, like, actual rewatch. Even more, and I haven't really begun to pick apart the Armand stuff. I will say I am with you. I have I have a hundred percent bought into the casting now. Oh yeah. I mentioned this on the last episode, but it, the more that I think about it, the more that I want. When I think about this Armand and this Lestat fighting and fucking, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's gonna be. And this Louis and this Armand fighting and fucking, and this Armand this Armand finding his Marius and fighting and fucking. And yes, yes, friend, I am for all of it. It also yeah. it alleviates. The worst parts of the Marius Armand relationship, one would imagine. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't. The the beginnings of that relationship still may be complicated, but the idea that that is inherently an incestuous relation, not an incestuous, a, a pedophilic relationship. Right. One would hope that this casting changes. Whatever hardships Armand faces as a boy, I think will all be before he ever meets Armand, uh, but before he ever meets Marius. Uh, now, based yeah. on the way that this is cast. It would that that would make sense. I am just, I mean, he's he's fantastic. I think I buy into his behavior more. You know, when we were talking about when we were going through each episode and talking about, oh fuck, you know, could it be Marius? Could it could it not? I mean, could it could he be Armand? Could he not be Armand? And just so many things he does that it seems out of out of Armand's kind of wheelhouse behavior wise, but feeling like he and he's like fucking with people makes all of that make more sense to me <laughs> oh a million percent a million percent here here's the uh the one thing that i did really notice though this whole series or this season at least i should say is fundamentally about a misunderstanding between our two main characters different points of view that they come from 
Louis is doing his best to navigate multiple worlds. Code switching. We called this out early on. Right. Lestat, meanwhile, believes that Louis is hiding himself in a like a self-loathing way, first as a gay man, then as a vampire. Lestat sees this as a weakness, something fundamentally to overcome. It's not. It is part of the very way that Louis can and should and will continue to navigate the world that he it's has It's a to survival navigate. technique. Exactly. And Lestat will probably never fully understand it. Because he doesn't have to. <laughs> well, that's true, too. He but doesn't have to At the to beginning of their relationship, in the early 1900s, he lacks the empathy, the frame of reference, etc. He cannot understand Louis' plight as a black man. No. And so that misunderstanding is at the center of all their misfortunes, I think. Louis and Lestat are both broken men already. Their, their relationship would have been you know, full of flaws. It would have been full of bad habits to spare. But it's that misunderstanding, I think, that means they can't figure it out and make it work, at least at this point in history. I am still a Lustat shipper. I believe this is where this show goes. Hashtag I think the forever. two of them will end up, <laughs> indeed. I think, the, I think the two of them will, will end up together even multiple times throughout the series. But here, it cannot work. It is inherently broken from the beginning because of that misunderstanding. One of them thinks it's about code switching. One of them thinks it's about self-loathing and, and self-denial. And that's it, man. That's it. And, you know, we've talked about, like, the idea of being in a relationship where, where you love a little harder than the other one and that right. constant, like, you know, um, uh, that, questioning yeah. and, you know, like, oh, boy, is it is today the day? Is tomorrow the Shifting day? Shifting temperatures within the relationship. And, yeah, that's but even a, that. Sh man, that's a shit way to be sometimes, though. Ugh. I, I think, though, I think if Lestat had understood with that that code switching idea that that you I know, think he would get lost between worlds I think he would get I think Louis that he would more. understand it I think he would yeah, understand no. Louis more but I also think Louis does have like especially as far as like the moralities of 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 his essence of who he is as a vampire I mean he still has that that underlying uh feeling of not belonging and this is a really such a, a really great way to kind of express because we've talked about how uh, you know when when Anne was writing this book Louis was her you know she was Louis and and I think that to you know show kind of someone whose perspective isn't always seen you know a a a, a grieving you know a grieving mother a a black man you know a, a, a it just is it kind of gives you a, a chance to see something see something like this through a different perspective, a different lens that is still kind of relational in a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Let's dive into a little episode by episode break. Okay. We both love this series. We're super excited about it. We both got some thoughts about season two. I realized how much I forgot about these first episodes because these last episodes have been so effing crazy i forgot well, they did how do a lot man i forgot how tough emotionally these first few episodes are um in spots and just you know i, I just forgot how much happens and because the first two episodes aired together i think that kind of made me blend them in my mind together a little bit more than i thought mm, yeah i i can absolutely see that i do think this show was shot so you know we've been praising 
all season long we've been praising Andor over on Disney Plus. Oh. That show is specifically shot in like three episode arcs where where three episodes go together and tell one story and then they often actually do time jumps in between those three episode arcs. This series was not shot in exactly that way and yet because of the continuity of directors for like episode one and two and then three and four were both shot by the same director that happened several times throughout the season i think that is effectively what happened here you had two episodes that were conceived and produced almost like its own mini movie and i think that happened several times throughout the season yeah, it gives it a good feeling of continuity. It just kind of helps it helps it flow a little bit. Um, I like that the uh, I feel like everything only looks better as the season goes on too. Like the costumes only look better. The guy's hair only looks better. You know, the the settings look better, look a little more lived in, you know, and it is true that it's showing the passage of time and it's probably, you know, symbolically on purpose showing, you know, how these relationships are deepening and changing in a lot of ways and are, and are hitting these, these hard, these hard spots and these difficult, you know, time periods for them. Um, it just really, it really tells a great story the uh, the scenic artistic design of the whole thing. It's just top notch. Absolutely. From top to bottom. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, we didn't mention this. I'm, I was supposed to, there is an extra special episode from AMC. Even if you're not an AMC plus user, this aired on cable, I think right after the finale episode aired, but in case you missed it, there's a link uh, from YouTube. You can find it on our Facebook group. Uh, you can find it on our Twitter as well, or you can just search YouTube for it. It's called obsessed with the vampire. It's a panel show an after show like the talking dead for for instance, on AMC in the past. This one is for the season as a whole. One imagines if the feedback for this is positive, that that might go episode to episode next year. I would love to see that. Honestly, oh, that could be actually. really fun. I would love yeah. to see a, yeah, a weekly after show release. Ugh. Even if they do it AMC plus exclusive yeah, just for when, that extra content, I'd be When I was obsessed it. with Walking Dead, I loved I loved getting to watch Talking Dead after it. Well, and the cool thing that they can do that a show like ours would never be able to do, and this is one of the values that it brings, is they can bring in a handful of celebrities who are also fans and who have right. genuine things to offer about the show. But it's so cool. You know, I think about Yvette Brown, right? Yvette Brown was on so many oh, episodes yes. of Talking Dead. And she's a great <laughs> fan, but she's also a celebrity. I would love yeah. to hear what she has to say about this show, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Anyway. No, yeah, uh, that's definitely what's... go check out. Definitely go check out Obsessed with the Vampire. I was I was telling Ashley before we started recording. It's a great panel, um, including a couple of you know quote unquote vampire celebrities like um, uh, Elvira and uh, Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows. So go check it out. It's it's fantastic. Um, all right, let's get into our feedback that I wanted to highlight. And then I think awesome. this is going to, in many cases, spring a little extra conversation from us. Our Facebook group has just been tremendous. I will say, Ashley, it's so much fun to go and look. Uh, and it shows the progress of the show, I think, amongst mainstream uh, listeners, too. Our downloads for our episode about episode one, our discussion of episode one, I should say, to our discussion of episode uh, seven, like the the immediate downloads that came, they quadrupled from episode one to episode seven. I <laughs> went back and looked at the there stats today. There used to be today. like 
five people listening to us and we loved every five of them <laughs> yeah well there's a there's a lot more than that now and the same thing happened in our comment thread too you go back and you look at the oh. spoiler thread for episode one and there's like 12 15 comments if you go and you look at the spoiler uh, comment thread for episode six and seven, there are more than a hundred comments, and and that was just in the initial days. Now, what's actually happened is there's like three or four threads going about the season finale and the season overall as people kind of spring off into these independent conversations that I'm hoping are going to continue all throughout the off season and I love and it to uh, Mayfair witches as well. So that's what look. I wanted to do. I wanted to go back to those threads and bring out some of the comments and highlight this great audience that we've got and and some of their excellent thoughts that we didn't get to mention specifically in the show before. Absolutely. I'm so excited to include our crew. All right. So uh, episode one, this one comes from Joshua James. Uh, he says, when Lestat gets lost in reverie, he seems truly old. He is kind of battered at this point and seems like he's not doing too well emotionally. The mention of Nikki without saying his name just broke my heart. All the Anne Rice references uh, throughout the episode, like the little drink, et cetera, were perfect mm -hmm. as well. A um, couple of things here. I absolutely agree. And this is something that I think, especially as the season went on, you and I sort of started talking about less because this Lestat is so similar in so many ways to book presentations of Lestat. Yeah. Um, we, we miss the fact occasionally. We did mention it a few times, but this Lestat has actually been a vampire for a full century longer than he was in the books before he made Louis into a vampire. So this Lestat has gone through some shit. Well, know, and he so talks about how lonely, how afraid of loneliness he is. And I do think that when he says that, that's genuine. That's that's genuinely what at this point he fears. He craves companionship. He needs companionship. Uh, he, he needs Louis he needs him at this point, you know, in his life. I think that was really, really clear on my rewatch too. Um, that's a really good catch. Those are the times that he, when he's pensive and he's, and he's more withdrawn, you do feel his age a lot more. You do feel a, a, a calmer, more mature version of him, you know, pensive almost. You know, now on, on the flip side, there, we did get some some recent feedback as like the overall season has wrapped up from a couple of folks in the group. I was thinking specifically about Rashad Bell. Um, he said he, he at this point he commented on this like three days ago. He hadn't seen the finale at this point, and overall he was just saying that you know this doesn't really feel like Anne Rice to me. Yeah. Um. I I think this comment from uh and by the way. There's nothing wrong with that opinion, no, Rashad. You're absolutely, absolutely good to feel however you want to feel about this show, and all well, of you do, and especially and we the folks it. who we can see it, we understand. Yeah, no, right. Like we get it. It is we a big change. Different. Yeah, it's a lot. That very thing we just talked about. You know, the book book Lestat has basically 11 years from creation to creating Louis, and so all of his trauma with with Nikki and with Gabrielle and with Magnus and then with Marius, all of those things happen. Bam, 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 bam. His fights with Armand, and then he he moves to Louisiana, and suddenly he falls in love with Louis and this tumultuous relationship, and then he spends this largest amount of time, 60 some odd years, with Louis and Claudia in New Orleans. This show, Lestat, that is not the case. He's spent much more time as a vampire without Louis than he has with Louis and Claudia here. And so that's a big change. It's not just the race thing. It's not just the time frame. It's all of the yeah, it's changes changing, that's been yeah. up from that. 
those are big experiences, we, we life experiences, that. things that happen, you know, and, and there's something to be said in the, in the, in the novel about how those things happen in such rapid succession, how, and, and he is, he does seem much more vulnerable. Also it's, you buy that Louis has that attitude that he was better than him, you know? And I think that's kind of a, mm. a, a, an interesting, you know, that interesting way to show how, the story is being reframed and the characters are being reframed because we're, you know, it's, it's the second chance at this interview. And even there's, you know, even along in a later episode and not to skip too far ahead, but um, you know, Daniel's comparing what he said then to what he's saying now and how different it is, you know? And I think that this, you know, this is kind of one of those, one of the explanations as to far as to why the changes have been made, if that makes any sort of sense at all. Oh, I've had too long absolutely. to think about everything, so I'm rambling now like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. But but to, to sort of answer Rashad, and I said some of this in the comments at the time, but my thought is answered, or, or his consideration there is answered to me by Joshua when he talks about all these references from episode one, things like the little drink. Uh, things like the reference to only killing the evildoer. They don't they don't use that phrase because it's Louis that says it here, not Lestat, as he does in the books. Um, you know, later, things like Louis correcting Daniel, it's not the flying gift, it's the cloud gift, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, all of these things are very direct pulls from Anne. Then we go further than that. We think about the language that we reference so many times. All of the titles, many of them actually said aloud in the show, those were pulled directly from Anne's language, her, you know, herself. Sections of dialogue in the, in the opening episode, uh, there are parts from the confession scene that come straight from the book. There are the big section there on the balcony in the final episode that we talked about last week that comes straight out of the book. Oh, it's actually, so awesome. I didn't realize that at the time, by the way, it's the melding of two things. It's Louis talking about New Orleans to Armand in Interview with a Vampire, and it's Lestat talking about New Orleans when they're getting to the Interview with a Vampire section of the Vampire Lestat. So it's both of those sort of put together through the voice of Lestat in that episode. But, but they're, I'm saying, they're using her language. They are. You listen to them in, and when I say them, I mean here the showrunners, but also the cast. You listen to them in their interviews and their press coverage. All of them revere Anne. And while Christopher may disagree, you may disagree individually, Anne may have disagreed if she was around, what they are attempting to do, they say it over and over again, what if Anne was writing this as a TV series for the first time in 2022, right? That's what we're trying to do, taking all of these stories and all of these ideas and, and putting it as a television adaptation, which is its own thing, in 2022. What does that look like? We think it looks like this. And I think, honestly, so far, they've done a damn fine job. We'll see how it lands. This is just part yeah. one of the whole, you know, kitten caboodle. So, so And we'll they're going to hold everybody's right. interest. And, you know, they've got to keep everybody on board. So, I, I mean... I, I know that they are going to take good care of the material and I hope that they don't forget about, you know, the fans as they go along. Uh, I, yes, absolutely. I, well, I mean, like you can't, you got to keep dancing with the one what brung you. Absolutely. You know, like th this fandom, this you know, fandom our has asses are showing job. up. <laughs> yes. But I'm saying we've done, we've all done a good job of showing up, supporting, sharing this show with friends and family members and old Anne Rice heads and, and mainstream fans absolutely. like zombie fans and everybody else. 
you okay stick with us then don't don't leave us astray uh and and stop worrying about what the fans think and and stop worrying about making this a good adaptation just because you've had a little success now because i guarantee you they'll they'll walk away from it just as quickly if you do stop caring about about ann and what what would ann do so to speak um in the episode two let's move to episode two here for a minute uh in that thread feedback i called it uh i said this is armand's penthouse uh not uh, louis now I was never a Rashid truther. I never really got on board with the theory that Rashid was Armand, even honestly in the final moments of episode six, when you see him in the seventies, I thought, well, let's wait for the other shoe to drop. Let's see right, exactly right. where they go here. I'm not hundred percent sure. But no, is... yeah. uh, I did know from the beginning though, this was not Louis penthouse. This no, is just... not Louis style. The decorations are not Louis style. As that we discussed... dinner was not Louis style. No, Louis will squat in a little shack as long as he's got some books and some light. He's fine. Give the guy some rats. Let him be. This is definitely not his digs. But I did love that that I, referring it to his referring to it as his coffin. You know, is their coffin? I have a better understanding of like, oh yeah, this is everybody's coffin. <laughs> Well, and also, like in, in retrospect, it, it's one of those things that calls into question, what is the nature of their relationship right here? What right. is Whose idea was this interview, in fact? Whose right. Who's pulling the strings of events, here? Yeah, whose version of events are we hearing? Now, yeah. Rollin, I will say very specifically, Rollin Jones in a couple of the interviews that I read made some mention directly to no one is controlling anybody else, right? And I, okay, so I'll take him at face value there. Armand has not actually like mind wiped Louis and is not actually controlling him in that manner. But we know that Armand's very nature is a manipulative one. We also don't know what information this Louis has. Does this Louis even know for a fact that Lestat is alive in 2022? Or is he still under the impression, or was he under the impression until those final moments at least, that he had actually killed Lestat? Had he talked himself into that somehow? You know, I think too, yeah, that's that's a big question mark. I feel like he has to have seen him. I feel like he has to have seen him when Claudia dies. Like that's... Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Shit. Uh, or, 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 well, no, that's fine. Well, or at least I mean, at we the know. Resolu- Everybody whatever knows. the resolution of season two is. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I actually, feel like we just to, had know. we just had an interesting comment. Hang on, I'm trying to pull it up right here. Okay, yeah, okay, here it was. Diana Dye just posted this earlier today. Uh, I have a question I've been going back and forth on the answer for since watching the finale. What do you think Louis' breakthrough was in the last scene? Did he realize under Daniel's pressing that he never intended to kill Lestat? Is that the realization? Oh, my God. I did let him off the hook right there from the very beginning. Or did he realize that he didn't kill Lestat? Uh the first allows for the possibility that Louis in 22 has seen Lestat somewhere between 1940 and 22, uh, either in Paris and or later. So this is what you and I talked about last week, basically, like is, is the idea, when did he record the second version of Come to Me? Uh, um, now, 
Diana says, for a long time, she had assumed that the first reading is true, that Louis of 2022 knows Lestat survived. He just assumed that he had really tried to kill him way back then. Um, and that's mostly based on book events, as well as the right. two moments from the show. Episode six, Louis says uh, that Lestat later confessed to feeling shame about brutalizing him in 1931. And then also the existence of the re-recorded Come to Me. But those two things don't have to have happened after 1940. Lestat could have confessed to feeling ashamed during 37 to 1940, Absolutely. right? Like he courted Louis for six years and then they got back together for a while. So anytime in there he could have done it after he was allowed to move back in. The re-recording could have been from that same period too. Um, so good, good catch there by Diana. And I think that all feeds into my question here, even way back when, this ain't Louis's place. Right. <laughs> Whose is it and what do they want with him? How, what's the arrangement here? You know, who's calling the shots? I, I feel like I feel like Louis has a lot of answering to do in the next season, but so does Armand. So so do these showrunners. And, and I think we're going to get a lot of those answers even as we barrel straight into the beginning of, of season uh, two. The other comment that I wanted to pull out from this episode two thread was from Erin Conlon. She says, I don't care what Louis said. Singing off key is truly offensive. And if I had the means to dispatch an offender, I'd take it. Hashtag team Lestat. Hashtag team Lestat forever. I love that part so much. We were laughing. We literally, my, my husband and I have sat and laughed at that scene every single time because he was like, he said the same thing. Like, I get that. I, I understand that. That's unacceptable. But also we're talking about that, you know, the day that Louis gets turned, like we're getting the very beginning of this, you know, episode and Lestat is so impatient to get to the adventure of it. But this is such a fucking crazy day in Louis's life. He's at his brother's funeral. <laughs> you know, he goes to church to try to make amends. His boyfriend kills a priest and then punches another priest through the face and then he makes him go to a bar <laughs> that's a crazy fucking night in new orleans but not just go to a bar go to a bar and don't immediately eat people even though everybody smells really good right like now delicious and you're starving <laughs> yeah <laughs> brett was brett was just like that's a fucking crazy night man makes him go to a bar after all that just <laughs> oh by the way you can read people's thoughts did you know that now you can read oh, everybody's yeah, thoughts listen. like uh, what a fucking thing man oh, yeah it is so that great. is a, a, an insane uh storyline and he really does um, let louis just run out in the sun and burn the fuck out of himself and that was crazy hilarious to me this time too i was just like that's kind of brat listat the brat kind of behavior to me you know like oh you gotta learn somehow but he really got burned <laughs> Oh my God! I forgot the milk memes too. He was covered in he covers himself in milk. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff um, I forgot. Well, again, there's so much stuff in this season. Like I know and I, it's I crazy. Guess that answers some of our question, right? Like, how are they going to fit everything into episode into eight episodes? The same way they fit everything into seven episodes this season. Exactly. It's mostly okay. I'm gonna trust Couple them. Of examples to me. Yeah, yeah. Couple of examples to me. I think episode four with Claudia a little rushed. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, maybe episode six as well, a little rushed. I could have used a little bit more. But if this season had been eight episodes, you imagine that would have solved that for us pretty quickly. So uh, we're kind of same back in the in the same boat. 
Yeah. Episode three. Uh, this comes from, uh, and by the way, I, forgive me ahead of time if I mispronounce anybody's name. I'm so sorry. I don't have pronunciations here. I ju- I'm just getting it written down. Um, Elaine Say, uh, which Elaine is great. She comments all the time. Elaine says, uh, I just listened to your discussion on episode three, and I love your and Ashley's enthusiasm for the show. Your mutual agreement on the discussion points is really cute. Everyone take a drink when Joel or Ashley replies to the other's comment with absolutely. <laughs> Or I agree, hundred uh, percent. This is the origin, by the way. We've we've talked about this on the show several times that you can take a drink because because Joel and Ashley agree. Uh, but we, I don't think we've ever actually mentioned Elaine for bringing it up. So this started in episode three. Elaine noticed it, mentioned it there in the comment section. Thank you, Elaine. We've gotten a big chuckle ourselves. I think she followed up in episode twelve and with a, not with in a number, 12. yeah, yeah. Account. In the finale, and said she had like <laughs> she had like sixteen shots in episode seven. Um, Sorry for your uh, hangover. Also in episode three, I know, right? Everybody go to the drip bar. Um, <laughs> Diana Diana Die commented on on the episode three thread and said, "Oh, can I take a moment to call out the it's not perfect, I'm not perfect moments for breaking my heart." Here again is a perfect example. This is me commenting. Here again is a perfect example of Louis and Lestat fundamentally misunderstanding each other. Yeah. Louis was not trying to put the fault on Lestat. Louis said. It's not perfect to is it was it Jacob? Yeah, uh, Jonah. Yeah, the Jonah, Jonah, Jonah the boyfriend. Uh, it's not perfect. My relationship with Stat with Lestat, it's not perfect. He's a lot. It's not perfect though. Uh, I think that Louis was taking some responsibility for how difficult the partnership is himself, but all Lestat heard was, I'm the problem. Funny enough, by the way, that was about two weeks, I think, before Taylor Swift released her uh, uh, anti-hero <laughs> song, which I am convinced is her ode to Lestat. Hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Lestat, that's what, that is absolutely what Lestat heard. Uh, I'm a lot. 100%. He's I'm not perfect. Drink. You know, he's a uh, lot. He's not perfect. Yeah, I mean, you're just the way, if you don't feel comfortable or confident in your relationship and in that moment, he clearly followed his boyfriend out into the woods because he thought his boyfriend was going to get it on with someone else. And that's exactly what happened. And he heard some things that hurt his feelings. Like some creeper. <laughs> like some creeper in the bushes with his muddy boots. Um, I, I heard your heart's dancing. Oh God, it's so dramatic. I love it. Like that. Sometimes he just gets hold of that scenery, and I just oh, thank you, Sam. You're so good. He's so great. Um, you know, it's so funny though. I somebody mentioned it on Twitter today. Why didn't Louis throw it back at Lestat about Antoinette? I heard your heart's dancing, and I didn't even comment because I. But I thought Lestat and Louis both know better. <laughs> Lestat and Antoinette's hearts never danced. No. <laughs> that was that was a functionary relationship for Lestat. Right. He might have cared for her, like right. he cares for lots of people, like you care for a dog, like you care for, you know, the little kid down the street that that you, you know, watch their T-ball antics with uh, a plum and, and enjoyment. That's not somebody you love. That's not your life partner. Uh, Lestat worried he saw a connection there fundamentally that he couldn't reach with louis and that was never going to be the the case between lestat and antoinette right it's why honestly i think the the thing in the finale where uh lestat says my love and louis answers and he goes i wasn't talking to you as antoinette walks into the room i think it's so 
it's not even really that cruel. It's just catty. Yeah. Because Louis knows that he's not, that's not his love. Lestat knows that. And I think Antoinette knows it. Well, honestly, everyone's just, at that anyway. point, everyone's just using everybody else to, to, they're just all fucking with each other at that point. Um, Back in episode three, when, um, when our, when our our guy Louis gets real thirsty and kills that douchebag Alderman Fenwick, and <laughs> Lestat is just delighted with this move. He's like, "Yeah, you did it, gross, messy thing, yay!" And he says, "Like, because he got out of control and ate a ate a person again." And he says, "We should make this our anniversary." <laughs> 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 Lestat says that to Louis. We should make this our anniversary, this night that you killed the, the alderman and left his body in front of the cathedral. How romantic! And, and race riots, race riots yeah. have broken out in the yeah. blocks surrounding our home. And it's the same night yeah. they end up making Claudia. So super fun night for everybody. Happy anniversary! <laughs> uh, let's move into episode four. There, Nicholas Danielson, uh, by the way, who has been one of our our greatest yes. commenters. Nicholas has always and, got and good ideas. And he's been ideas. with us since the very damn beginning when we were just reading our books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Nicholas says, "I am convinced." Here it was, episode four. I'm convinced that Rashid is Armand. A little bit of discussion there, but that I looked. That's the first time in any of our comment threads that anybody brought up the Rashid is Armand theory. I know a lot of people in the fandom talked about it as the series went on, but Nicholas was there on it early on. Um, Jen Francisco Bukowski uh, says, I love that we got Claudia's POV in this episode. Mm -hmm. We got to see that loving side of Lestat and Louis' relationship that Louis doesn't really talk about. And we got some insight on how horrible it is to be stuck as a vampire teenager. The death scene with Charlie was so sad. Yeah. Uh, a handful of things there. First of all, it's again in the whole rush of the season you almost forget you've got that claudia pov which we did not expect it's not exactly there in the book and yet here in the show they gave it to us we do eventually read her diaries uh in queen of the damned and they come up again in merrick and so this is an example of them bringing those extra parts of the series that we know exist, bringing those forward a little bit and applying to the to it to it's this. It's such narrative. good use of it too. It's such such good use of these of these journals because they just gave you the little teasingest insight into this character that I think a lot of us were really felt connected to and interested in, and she had such a short part in this grand story. So you know, like Claudia's gone and done you know fairly quickly in our world and and so to get a little bit more insight into her character was such a wonderful thing when you hit those points in those books and then to get a little bit more of it in the show is just awesome yeah no absolutely and and jen makes a great point there in that in the presentation here, we specifically get some of the most tender moments from Louis in the entire season come in those flashbacks from Claudia's perspective, which right. is really interesting when you frame it again as this is a story being told by Louis under the watchful eye of his quote-unquote love of his life, Armand. <laughs> um, 
I mean, again, I, it just makes you wonder, like, mm, whose story is this exactly? Because when Claudia's telling it, it was sort of different. You were a little lovey-dovey, whereas the rest of the time, he's always so distant. I mean, we talk about the fact that he never actually says, I love you, to right, Lestat. Right, to Lestat, he, ever. The closest, he gets, the closest he gets to Lestat's face, is when, or on screen at least, is in the finale episode when he calls him my love as he's handing him the poisoned boy. You know, now, from Claudia's perspective... It is a little bit softer. Also, two other people, and somebody pointed this out, he and Claudia talk about it as love, their relationship, Lestat and, yes. and Louis' relationship as love, but Louis won't bring that to Lestat, or at least we don't see him do it when it's from his perspective. So, yes, I loved that episode where we got so much Claudia. And, it, again, it did make, if you think about it, they could have done the Charlie storyline without her diaries, but it wouldn't have had the weight, right? Right. Because we wouldn't have watched her fall You have to watch the build, and you have to watch the build to it because she is having so much fun at the beginning of that episode where she's like, well, I thought I was dead, but these devils saved me, so here we go. And, <laughs> and she's having so much fun while she's still a kid, you know? And then she just literally emotionally outgrows herself. It's this, in the saddest way where it's just, I can't even... Like, I can't even wrap my head around the shittiness of my my future, you know, but she has is having so much fun at the beginning of the episode and they are also happy. And it is like it is that makes it all the more heartbreaking when things the wheels come off the bus when she says, you know, all the easy times stopped. Uh, yes. Yeah, I <laughs> I uh, I was rereading this comment from uh episode five from Liz, uh, Liz Sakali. The deception is what keeps things interesting. Everyone is playing a character. Yeah. Everyone wants to be the main character of their own story and everyone's POV shifts the narrative. Trust no one. Right. <laughs> Wait, we, we talked about, I think there I think are no reliable five, narrators. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think episode five was the, um, uh, what did I? I think the episode, the name of that is uh, "Unreliable Narrator," the TV series. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, that may as well have been the the name of this show. But that comes, I think, we that is even more so reinforced through that Claudia POV, which which made, by the way, the little hint that we might get Lestat's POV with with the Lestat handwriting inserts into the diary. Right. Even though that turned out to just be a prop error, supposedly. Supposedly. That made that all the more realistic and tantalizing because we had gotten Claudia's POV when we didn't expect it. And so those things sort of built one on the other. Um, but this Well, and my series... thing was like, I don't, I never caught a good, uh, a good look at the date, if there was a date in there and if she used every page in her books, but Lestat had her diary, one of her diaries at some point. I mean, you know, theoretically like, he could have had, if he could have just what, added something were, to it, you know, written well, something else. Any of the diaries left, any of the diaries left in New Orleans, he would have had probably for decades. Yeah, you know, theoretically, if he wanted them anyway. So, so yeah, it's I. I think we still may. I'm I'm gonna keep my inquisitive eyebrow raised. Yes, and they know that they, they learned they couldn't fuck with us with that. They're like, oh shit, can't put that clear of an Easter egg. Um, 
Yana Deidre Laseva says, I want to know what the first three rules were for Hell. taking the stat back in. Right. Uh, I, th I think he may have recorded his own voice uh, version right then and there, knowing or counting on how Louis would destroy the Antoinette version. Louis, poor ass vampire bond excuse for being fitfully jealous is adorable. <laughs> The Antoinette affair sort of seems to me like Lestat's version of Claudia's Who Am I Supposed to Love outburst, with this intruder literally in his lover's head, even when they're supposed to be their most intimate, and him, Louis, actually listening to her. It is not surprising that Lestat would look for adoration he craves elsewhere, and keeping a piece on the side that gives it to him consistently is in line with that, as is using pieces of her, her voice, her finger, to try and keep his real family together. Such a veritable mixture of monster and human oh bravo Yana. yeah really some really good stuff there now i will say i think the recording has to happen at a different time because the the and we talked about this in the comment thread too the quality of the recording is different there's full orchestration on the second one where it's just you know like a band instrumentation on the first one i think those are at different time periods and i think that hints to another story for Louis and Lestat that we'll get somewhere down the road. But otherwise, I, I think Yana had some really, really interesting insights there. And there's so much from this whole back and forth of, you know, I love you, and but this is what I want. And okay, that's great that that's what you want, but that's not what I need. All of those circular push and pulls on the relationships in here, the Louis-Claudia relationship, the Lestat-Claudia relationship, the Lestat-Louis relationships, in the future, the Louis-Armand relationships, the Armand-Daniel or Louis-Daniel relationships, <laughs> potentially. Y'all, um, don't shit where you eat. My God. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. And then uh, this one from Rachel Nantz. Uh, she says, all I'll say is, ah, Armand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless us all. Uh, Adrian Harrison commented and said, I have to give props to Claudia, though. I really disagree that Claudia is out of her realm regarding Lestat and that he is playing a game with her. I think she truly has played him. This was in episode six. Uh, the comment thread for episode six. She says, I think he's, she's truly pr played him. I mean, we know from the books that she tricks him outright. Right. The only reason Lestat survives is because he has stronger powers than Claudia or Louis understood, not because he was smarter than her. If he had been younger or hadn't drank the ancient blood, he'd, he'd have been toast. That's what's going to make the upcoming scene so delicious because Lestat is really not going to see this coming. And Adrian you may have gotten a hint of what was coming in episode seven that the rest of us even overlooked, even book fans. You know, Rollin had this sort of twisty, turny uh, narrative oh, for the finale. It. We all thought the plan was X, and then Lestat's into that plan. He knows that already has sussed it out. And so here's a second layer. What's so funny, Ashley, I noticed in some of the coverage that has come out in the past week, Sam apparently was convinced that the audience was going to have smelled all of this out and know exactly where it was going. <laughs> and he was impressed that it played out as well in the final version oh, as it did. It was so great. It was such, so, a, such a fun little, a fun, tw a fun twist to it. it. And it wasn't, you know, it just it, it upped the stakes a little bit more. Not that it, not that the situation needed it, but it did up the stakes a bit more. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely it did. Um, Jared Rackler, uh, another uh, frequent commenter, some great thoughts from Jared throughout the season. He said about episode six, I loved this episode. Fareed is such a weird inclusion. I was really hoping for Armand or Marius. I sincerely hope that Rashid is not, and here's a slight spoiler for uh, the Prince Lestat trilogy, I sincerely hope that Rashid is not a replamoid <laughs> and that the Great Convergence has nothing to do with the Realms of Atlantis storyline that Anne Rice included in the final books. I hated that story element. <laughs> Listen, Jared is not alone. Very frankly, it, it's it's some ancient alien shit. I'm going to be real. I the, read that and I was the, like, uh, excuse me, I'm going to have to go get some more information <laughs> and this heifer had so, to go look up some spoilers for that i was like so there are <sighs> there are three books in the in that modern trilogy and the final trilogy i of, have of all the of them in my house too <laughs> the prince lestat prince lestat in the realms of atlantis and then and then blood communion is the final one prince lestat establishes the modern day storyline and circumstances basically and how all the vampires get to there very cool mostly action-oriented uh awesome there are things though that bleed in from that into the second book realms of atlantis where this entire storyline takes place that actually gives us an even more ancient origin for the vampires right. it takes us back from you know 4000 bc with amel and akasha we go back even before that and learn oh there's more to this story where <laughs> does amel come from aha <laughs> uh -huh. and then and honestly blood communion is, again, the events of Blood Communion flow out of the events of Realms of Atlantis and, and Prince Lestat, and yet the these storylines that sort of like what is the origin of Amel and that what happened before, those sorts of things don't really matter, honestly, in the final book. So a lot of people that don't like the Prince Lestat trilogy as a whole still end up really enjoying Blood Communion because it, it takes that modern storyline and like all the vampires now living in, you know, this chateau of, of Lestat's and his ancestral home. Um, and yet they don't include some of the ancient alien shit that people kind of think is hokey. <laughs> so I would, I would counsel you that if you listen, that is a little hokey. I'll grant you that's true. But is it any more hokey than like a million other things that happened in this series along the way that we've already gone through? And because they happened in the 70s or the 90s or the or the early 2000s, we're all just fine with them. I mean, guys, we've already talked about period blood. We've already talked about <laughs> Jesus and the devil and it's Satan really and Lestat has gone, gone visited all of them. Body switching. So ancient aliens. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so ancient aliens, aliens is just right on par. I, it's not that far off is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Also, We've been to I find Egypt. it interesting. <laughs> I find it interesting for her to do the things that she does in Realms of Atlantis while also having done the things that she does in Mimnock the Devil while also having a Jesus that is actually the son of God in your universe. Like all of those things together is like, I mean, did you think that all through, Anne? How does that all how does that all work exactly? But never yeah, that we've got a lot of books Look, and a lot of seasons to get before we get there. So don't worry about it. That's don't worry right. about the aliens the, yet. We're say, gonna be fine, kids. Look, we're gonna be seven, eight seasons in before ancient aliens is a concern at all. And at that point, I mean, look at what The Walking Dead has done in the last few seasons. Yeah. You can go a lot of crazy places once you're ten seasons in. All right. It's let's very let's true. just wait for it. Search Party had the best twist of all time. So 
Do you? Oh, you're like the third person in the last few weeks who has mentioned Search Party to me. I guess I got to go look at it. Is that? Oh, does that feature maybe it. from Arrested Development? Is that is that the lead on that? Oh, I don't know because oh, um, this is where I'm I'm gonna get outed as someone who has not watched Arrested Development. Um, yeah. Um, what, oh my goodness! I know. Okay, I know. Right, well, I, there we go. I'm sorry. We both got homework to do. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll fix myself. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, Search Party is super fun. Highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's, but it, is, it has the best, like, wild ass twist like that, where you're just like, whoa, that's not where I thought we were going. So I look forward so, to the aliens. Uh, ep- there, there you go. You got a lot to look forward that's to. Right. Uh, episode seven, uh, the comment thread there was full of good stuff. Oh. Uh, Faye Q says, R.E. Rashid Armand. Are we going to see Armand using a blender in season two? He was definitely <laughs> taking on beverage and refill duty earlier in he season was. one. So it might already be a habit of his. Ashley, I had never, we've all, a lot of the fandom was like, oh, Rashid's Armand. And the, and the other half of the fandom would immediately go, Armand would never Armand would walk never. around as houseboy. Armand would straight up be fascinated with a bar set, though. Oh, and he was. You talk about shaking martinis. And he yeah, is. Yeah, homie. In episode yeah. three, lurking in the damn background, making drinks. <laughs> I had not thought about it, but here, fake uh-huh. you. She was, they were on it. They totally knew the answer. Oh, All so right, funny. And, and, in the Azahar, excuse me, uh, in says, but honey, can we talk about that bitch Lestat <laughs> when he walked down those stairs and away from the gaggle of women? My God. Okay, she's in's talking about here in the finale. Uh, he's in full regalia as as king, and he's coming down the stairs. There's a gaggle of women. Looks like they're in their 40s and 50s probably, and they say, oh, Mr. Delilly, the encore, uh, uh, we're so good to see you. We've heard that you had been sick, and he's like, like, do I have a history with any of you? Like, he's so <laughs> right. catty to them. And they're like, oh, we're the opera club, uh, but it has been a decade or so. And they're all just like fainting for him. He quickly turns around at the bottom of the stairs. He's like, which one of you did I take under the stairs during that terribly boring speech? And I love the woman in the front. She was like, ooh, it was me. That was my husband speaking. My late My husband. late husband. <laughs> but they absolutely right in got it i mean the amount of bitch that lestat oh. serves not just in that episode but throughout the season i would say it is it is pretty transformational. he inhabits that costume just oh man brilliantly like that that his mardi gras attire was out of this world when they did that uh uh pull out shot of him overhead oh that was gorgeous, you know, where he's like all in his full regalia and it was on the float still. It was amazing. I was like, you know how to wear a wig, sir. Oh, man. Here's a thought that I had during our off week here. Last week, we did talk about the fact that the Mardi Gras ball was such a great idea and how it seems like a kind of a waste that we never got that in the books or that, that Anne hadn't thought about it. And we speculated, we were like, isn't there something about carnival with David and Lestat? Maybe I got this glimpse this week, you know, the tracking shot at the beginning, I think it's at the beginning of specter with Daniel Craig during, I think it's the day of the dead, Uh not uh, carnival, but he's like walking through the crowd in the mask and you do the whole thing. And then he gets up on the building and he goes across the rooftops and all that stuff. And then the building explodes. Finally, I was like, that we start a season off like tale of the body thief. (laughs) That season starts with Lestat hunting carnival, 
uh, in Rio de Janeiro. Like that's the that's, that's a the very, scene. Uh, Doctor Hannibal Lecter getting off of the plane, going to have yes, dinner. Yes, yes, <laughs> going to have a friend for dinner. Exactly. Uh, um, all right. So uh, in said so so in said yeah, Lestat servant bitch. Rachel Knott oh, says, I it. knew it. I knew it. She's talking here about Armand. Armand. <laughs> uh, she says also. Also, Armand has absolutely mindfucked Louis and Daniel. Uh, Daniel has started unraveling his careful. Uh, Daniel has started unraveling this with his careful, um, or excuse me, Daniel has started unraveling the careful manipulation that Armand has laid on. This is so so good. Louis looked like he was being helplessly held at gunpoint in the, at the end in those final moments. I've heard For several real. people say that it looks like you've got a like a blank faced Louis as he says, "Meet Armand, the love of my life." Um, Rachel says, I am living. Also, also, Armand doesn't have red hair. That's okay. He does have the Botticelli curls mm -hmm. and that beautiful face. Mm -hmm. That is enough for me. Chiseled. Yes. Chiseled Folks, out there of is, stone. I saw two Botticelli paintings directly like cropped in to show the main figure of, mm. of the, the highlighted male. And... Uh, 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 Assad's face put up against it, and folks, it is it's a Botticelli painting. Like I don't know what to tell you. I yeah. understand everyone being yeah. nervous about about how Armand was going to be handled because uh, someone had a really great comment in our group about um, about the, the the miscasting the last time, and it was excellent. Um, but it, yeah, I think after seeing it being so so miscast, I mean. Um, Antonio Banderas was just a nugget of deliciousness in the nineties and we needed him in every movie, but that was really off. And so I completely understand why people, especially people that are fans of that character were a little nervous about how the casting of Armand was going to go, but damn, they hit it out the park, just like everything else. <laughs> right. What, it's Absolutely. not a whole 30 year old man in a lace front wig. That was, I think the comment, <laughs> not, I can't remember who said that in our group, but you are damn right. So this is the last comment that I pulled out that I wanted to highlight. And I love this one. It's, it's thorough. He is part of a much larger piece uh, from Nicholas Danielson. I didn't take the whole thing. I wanted to take your very ending here because I thought it would be a good kind of summation as we head into our speculation about season two quickly. Uh, Daniel says, or excuse me, Nicholas says, in sum, the show does not in any way glorify Lestat's and Louis' relationship. Louis tries to. The abuse we see is what Daniel hears between the lines. What is obvious to anyone who watches them is a pattern. It is a story about love, but also a story about abuse, toxicity. More than anything, it's a story about oppression and the deception of memory. The way we try to define ourselves through narrative. God damn, I have yeah. adored this show. Yeah. Fucked up as it might be. I felt like I've been reintroduced to a couple of childhood friends, gotten to know them as adults, and formed a whole new, more genuine relationship to them. Of course, most of my friends aren't blood-sucking murder lovers, <laughs> but I hope you get my point. Uh, also, Armand's tolerance of the sun I find absolutely ridiculous, and I think it's a stupid <laughs> choice, and they should not have done it. Lame. Boy. Okay, listen. There are there are all sorts of reviewers of this show. There are all sorts of there are several podcasts you can listen to. There are a ton of people who are writing about it. There are people who do live streams about it, YouTube reviewers, etc. I think that that is a good example 
of the take that Ashley and I are going to continue likely to bring to this. Listen, we're going to watch it and we're probably going to talk about it, even if it really turns into trash. Oh, yeah. I think what we've seen so far tells us it's never going to turn into trash. It might not be what you and I want or would have done all on our own. And we're going to talk about those times when it falls short. But we are also going to appreciate it for exactly what it is and what they're trying to offer us. And and Nicholas does it there. He talks about the things that annoys him, simple things like, like Armand's, okay, Armand can walk in the sun. What does that mean exactly for some of the plot points that we're expecting as we move forward? Right. Can Lestat, can, can, <laughs> can grown-up fancy super-powered Lestat not get a suntan like he does in Tale of the Body Thief? I think that kind of sucks. I like the idea that the old ones can get can get a suntan. Take you know? care of themselves. Um I mean, it's like it, the way that he describes it at, at the end of Tale of the Body Thief, it's not much worse than us getting a tattoo today, right? right. Like I'm going in there and it's going to hurt for 45 minutes or an hour while I get my tattoo. Or maybe you get a back done and it hurts for several sessions. But then you'll get to enjoy that tattoo the rest of your life. Okay, I can live a whole human life with a decent shade of, of skin coloring my instead God, of this translucent that white that like? I've turned into. <laughs> right? Right? All I got to do is spend a day in the sun. Anyway, I, I, I wonder how they're going to play that out. Yeah, but well, overall, especially considering, you know, people setting themselves on fire eventually in the sun. Yes. You know, well, like, I mean, that's literally like, something. Yeah, some very specific people. Yeah, some very specific um, people. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it is, it's very, it's going to be very interesting to see how they justify things. You know, I think that's uh, something I do a lot in improv is <laughs> justification. <laughs> so I'm going to be really excited to see how they yes and their way through and around some of the obstacles they have built for themselves. Mm. Mm. I, I, I just, I love it. I'm with Nicholas. God damn. I love this show. Oh, it's so I've fun. just adored it it's so much. So much fun. It is. Oh, by the way, if it turns into trash, I'm going to hate watch it so hard. So like, don't think my enthusiasm oh. will be less for it than what it is. I'm just going to really hate it. So like, I am prepared to go the full distance with this, even if it goes shit heals up <laughs> i've i've seen every x-men movie so yeah I don't know what exactly to tell you. i'm i'm here <laughs> I've, right i've eaten every bit of uh lucasfilm content that has been given to me I, repeatedly i mean you and i've watched queen of the damned probably oh my God. four or five times, times at least than a person so. probably should yeah exactly yeah, definitely more than more times than you should we're committed All right, let's we're get committed. to our season two Let's get to our season two speculation right. here. And then just a reminder, we will be back with some discussion next week. Two live streams, the 21st yes. and the 28th on the Dorian app. Check out the link in the show notes to, to get that and join us for those. We're going to talk about adaptation on the 21st. We're going to talk about toxicity on the 28th. Season two speculation. Ashley, what are your big thoughts? Uh, Where are we going? Well, we're going to Paris. I think we have to be going to Paris. And I think that because we've gotten we got those teases about you know the the way the soldiers tasted and things like that i think that like that's kind of like a Chekhov's gun type situation you just maybe and maybe we don't maybe we maybe we i don't know hell but i think we're going to europe obviously i think we're going to paris i think we're going to meet um armand in that time period fairly quickly um and i think things will probably end with the big oh i don't know i don't know where they're going to end it depends on how they go into season three fingers crossed you know something that occurred to me in this last week um is something that lestat says i think in episode six 
uh, at the end of episode six, he tells Claudia, luckily for our family, when I want to, I can hear vampires' thoughts from a very great distance. Um, how far can Armand hear vampire, vampiric thoughts? Can does, in, does this Armand seek them out in Eastern Europe before they ever get to Paris? Ooh. Is this Armand the reason they go to Paris? I don't does know. He, does he encounter them there and bring them to Paris? And I don't know. You know, there's uh, I, that just occurred to me that it's a possibility. That would see, and I get how you would go there because you hate him so much. Um, <laughs> but like, I think part of the deal with with Armand and and the way things turn out with Claudia and Louis. And Armand and Lestat, I think that Lestat has to be there, has to be the one that drives that action. Um, I think that that's really uh, because there has to be a real reason that's har- that's horrible enough for Louis to truly break with him for a, a good amount of time. You know what I mean? Like he already gets the shit beat out of him, and he's almost killed, but he does, you know begrudgingly accept him back eventually and they do decide to kill him but he is just throws him into uh into a coffin he can get in and out of into a into a dump so to me it's like there has to be something to drive a wedge between them to get us to the point where our louis would ever refer to armand as the love of his life Mm. i i do think the two of them are likely to see each other in season two, even in the flashback storyline. The the yeah, I I, do, I agree. I think but they have to. but I wonder if that won't be until the basically the resolution of the thing. I wonder if we won't get even if we don't actually get the the vampire Lestat storyline where you know we see his mortal life uh, compressed into season two as well even if that's pushed off for the future, I don't think they're going to sit Sam on the sidelines. Oh, First and foremost, God, Sam's no. got a huge fan base yeah. that they're going to want to serve. But also, I mean, Sam's a great actor, and that character is fantastic. You can't have him yeah. sitting out there for a whole Jesus. season uh, Ever- or, or, you know, let's say five episodes or something without, eight. without bringing him in. Yeah, that would really suck. I do right. think it's really likely that we get that kind of cross cross view where we'll get some from from the perspective of Lestat, some from the perspective of Louis and Armand and this kind of shit heap of a world we're in now. But I think it's entirely entirely possible that Armand could be interacting with each of them while the other isn't even aware that they're present for a lot of the Paris story. Like, I think that could go several episodes even where Lestat is interacting with Armand and maybe the rest of the coven. And Louis is interacting with Armand and the rest of the coven, but they are kept in the dark about well, each and that, other's presence. Uh, that's how in, it happens, isn't it? In the, I mean, is that, that's how it happens in the yes. book, yeah? Yes. Like, that's how they I don't, remember I, it. I think in the book they're... I think in the book they're never even actually confronted with each other because Armand tells both of them afterwards, Armand tells Lestat that Louis has been killed as well as Claudia, and Armand tells Louis that Lestat is dead. And both of them leave Paris believing that to be the case. Louis doesn't understand that Lestat lived until like the 1920s, 1930s when he when he finds him in New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Uh, you know, in like that decrepit state. Yeah. yeah. So... I mean that's that's the scene that you get in in uh, the end of in the movie yeah. they they do it with the the helicopter comes down and you know like sh- shines into the god that's a great scene that is the movie, that the is movie really has good. a lot of good scenes but that is that is one of the best ones I think anyway 
I think that we'll get that level of interaction. Maybe there's interaction for them at the trial. And then I think we get one scene afterwards that sort of hints at where Lestat goes after all of this is resolved. I'm assuming that Lestat's been sleeping for a while, maybe even up until the present day. But I think that's where that starts yeah. is their final interactions of season two. Um, the, my question, though, is my primary question, honestly, going into season two is how many book events have already happened by 2022? Right. As Akasha's story happened, has Rockstar Lestat already happened, et cetera? Has the Tale of the Body Thief happened? I'm fairly certain that hasn't. I don't see it. Queen of the Damned is the one that I'm really questioning. I don't think about. it has because they keep talking about like uh, this, this being. I feel like this is going to be the event, maybe that. I don't know, maybe this is the event that wakes her up, this book being p published, and, and it's this whole noise of all of that instead of Lestat as a, you know, a rock star. And that might be a way they circumvent that whole potential messiness. Because they, they, might. they do talk about so much about, like, you know, this is basically suicide by book, you know, suicide by vampire is what is happening if he publishes this and um, and that it's going to, they're going to come here and they're going to crawl up the walls, you know? And that just sounds like a real, like this is going to be one of those earth shaking, earth shattering kind of moments in time. Man, I hadn't thought about it before, but actually just as you were saying it just then, and maybe again, this is just my Armand hate. How much of that is Armand blowing smoke up Louis's butt? Oh, could oh, totally be. going to come kill you if you write this book. Yeah. I'm the only one that can protect you. The only place you're safe is if you stay here in the penthouse. Absolutely. You know. That's our guy. That's uh, her. <laughs> huh. Interesting. So my, my primary question, though, going into season two, other than that, is uh, are we going to get the vampire Lestat as part of season two, that mortal life of, of Lestat, or are we going to have to wait still longer to actually meet Nikki to actually meet Gabrielle? Is that, is that still a season three project? My hope is that we get it sooner rather than later, just cause I'm jealous of it. I want to see those things. I want to have it in my headspace. Yeah. On the flip side though, I am trepidatious that you've got enough runtime in an eight episode season to do those things properly justice. in particular, the relationships with Nikki and Gabrielle to do those properly. And also tell all of the story that we have in Europe between Claudia and Louis and Armand. I don't know. It's a lot of stuff to get to. We've got seasons to come, uh, you know, I, I, and, and then of course I'm still on board saying, I think we need a Lestat titled series at some point. So, oh, um, yeah. You know, do you save that stuff? Do you keep it back and make those folks all series regulars on, on Lestat series when you spin it off three, four down the road? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different directions they can go in. I don't want them to, I don't want them to underserve one story to tell another story more quickly than they should, if that makes sense. I think that's something where um, a lot of like uh, Game of Thrones kind of went went wrong for a lot of fans that were reading those books. It's like, Jesus, you know, there's a lot of material you could work through here without rushing ahead to the books that haven't been written yet, dude. You know? So I think that I, I don't want them to rush in the wrong way, but I am anxious to get to the, you know, to get to the next stories. It's uh, we're going to get greedy. Hopefully they churn out the content and we get to stay greedy. I, 
that's that's thank you for my show title i appreciate that i don't want to rush but i am anxious. <laughs> yes that's that's it it's the biography that's it, folks that's the way we feel about yeah. it that's the way we feel about it man all right i i tell you how we feel about it we love we it love we love it. the show we love what amc is doing i love the immortal Mwah. universe some new uh some new teasers out this week for mayfair witches by the way looks really good a few little hints at some things that i hadn't seen in earlier trailers maybe giving me a little bit more of a glimpse i feel like on where that story's headed i'm excited to talk about that book with you soon yeah and, and of course get to the series in january so well um, and folks read up on i that. was gonna say read up and and if you haven't really dabbled in the mayfair witches yet um and and you don't really you look at that book and you're like oh, i don't know just you know jump into the show i think it's gonna be i mean if 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 interviews of vampires any indication it's gonna be amazing and um, it's going to be well done it's going to be well cast it's going to be well produced and it's going to be an absolute awesome ride for all of us so i think that even if it's not your cup of tea yet give it a little nibble and see what you think or, or honestly if the if the book is daunting to you you know listen to our episode about yeah. it in, oh in, yeah in, absolutely you know, in a month or two whenever we get that out listen to our episode and then here's the thing while we may spoil certain specific events or connections from characters from the book world for you first and foremost we haven't seen the tv series yet either and won't when we discuss the book so just as with interview with the vampire our book knowledge can be informative to the potential paths for the series but it is not um you know a direct one-to-one -one correlation no. and so we're always still surprised as well Armand's, i'm sure that'll be the case for the mayfair witches too. armand's never been making people cocktails in the background <laughs> what's not his move oh no no that's absolutely true i will say this the mayfair witches like the vampire chronicles are full of very complicated characters oh, yeah. very challenging and sometimes taboo storylines and yet they're also full of very human relationships, human villains and human heroes who fail and try again and are always interesting and compelling in the ways they run up against each other. Absolutely. And are, and that are rich and interesting characters that you'll, and, and that you'll also, some of them you'll see in, in bits of the Vampire Chronicles going forward as well. So it's going to be really interesting. And I think there's lots of opportunity, as we've discussed a little bit for crossover. So I'm uh, looking forward to that sort of experience, a little bit of maybe a little Easter eggs we get in, in from one season to another in between our, in between our worlds. Me too. Me too. Exciting days to be a fan. Absolutely. Ashley, um, thank you so much for spending time with me this season. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. Watching all of this stuff and talking about it. Thank you to all of you who have been listening and giving us this great feedback. Thanks especially to everybody who we got to highlight and mention in this uh, episode. If, if we didn't mention your feedback, trust me, that doesn't mean we didn't love you. There was just really, literally a metric oh my God. ton of it uh, to go through today and, and the last couple of days to pull that uh, those highlights. So I, I tried to get a little smattering of everybody uh, and uh, give an example of some of the great conversation that you can have. I absolutely, again, I understand if you don't want to be on Facebook, but if you're on Facebook, come join the group. You're going to have a good time there. I promise you. Links in the show notes. Until the next time we talk to you, uh, make sure and get the Dorian app and join us for our live streams on the 21st and the 28th, uh, 5 o'clock uh, p.m. East Coast time. Until then, we've been your hosts, Ashley Wright Eiler. I'm Joel Sharpton, and this is the Articulate Coven.
Thanks for listening to The Articulate Coven. You can join our community on Facebook by following the links in the show notes or searching for Articulate Coven on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at articulatecoven.com and share us with your Anne Rice-loving friends. <laughs>